This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I'm not going to lie. I give Ken credit. I, I couldn't give you a play. I could not give you one singular play in this league. I could maybe stand on the sidelines and have an outside shot of being able to squirt the water from the water bottle into somebody's mouth. But even that I would probably somehow mess up. Like I give him credit for even being able to do that one. I, you wouldn't even want me hustling on the field. I couldn't even put shoulder pads on. Like it would be a train wreck if that, if it ever even thought about coming to that. Damn man, I get in for Baskin and Phelps here. 92 3, the fan. Kevin Stefanski live from the podium. 1225 addressing the media before Thursday night's game against the New York Jets. Of course, building here that game in your home with the Browns. 92 3, the fan. Hope everybody had a good holiday. Hope everybody uh, is coming out of their cookie slash salt haze right now. Um, and giving a listen to everything that's taking place here, and a very happy holidays to everybody who is listening along the way. We were talking about before we went into break, Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com and the Play Dealer had her on at 11 today. You can hit that on the Rewind app if you so desire. And I asked her about Amari Cooper, and I'd been kicking this thought around in my head. And Mary Kay's covered the team for a good period of time. She's watched a lot of football. And she had this to say. Best wide receiver I have ever seen. Since So I threw out since 99, because I figured that's when the modern NFL started to kick off, was 99. Or, or, or the modern Browns, I should say, with that gap in between. And, and I know everybody was having way too much fun with going, oh, yeah, Mario Cooper's the first wide receiver. They have back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Well, no kidding. I mean, we've all seen the jersey. We've all watched the games. Like, yeah, that's what was going to happen this this franchise was a rudderless ship for 20 years. Like, yeah, that's that's how this is going to go. It's now back on track. And so you start seeing those begin to fall apart. And I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is 100% yes. Amari Cooper is the best wide receiver that the Cleveland Browns have had since 1999. I'll read you off. He has been here for two years. Amari Cooper has caught 150 passes for 2,410 yards and 14 touchdowns. He has 16.1 yards per reception since he came to Cleveland. And I think the most impressive thing about Amari Cooper is the fact that Cleveland seems to be, and the Browns seem to be, the first franchise that has truly figured out how to use him. By that, I mean when he was in Oakland, and it was Oakland at that point, they were using him as a downfield threat. They were using him for deep shots. They were using him for all that kind of stuff. And a little bit of route running in between, but he very much was a deep ball threat. When he went to Dallas, they used him as a precision route runner. 
They used him as a guy who could get open on slants. He could get open on overs. He could get all that kind of stuff, but nothing that was real deep down the field. They almost used him as like the safety blanket when he was in Dallas. He found his way to Cleveland, and Kevin Stefanski has used him as a deep threat, as we saw all of last week, as he continued to catch more and more deep shots. I mean, the first play of the game was a giant play-action naked bootleg deep shot. Like, they used him for that, and then they've used his route running and his hands on top of that. They have used Amari Cooper as a guy who can run every route in the tree and have used him as a true number one wide receiver in Cleveland. And that's what has been so impressive, is it's not the fact that it's just the deep shots, and it's not the fact that he is just a possession wide receiver. It's the fact that he's all of it. It's the fact that the hands are as good as they are. It's the fact that the feet are as good as they are. It's the fact that he can always get separation. It's the fact that Joe Flacco looks at that guy every single time and goes, oh, one-on-one? Okay, let's throw it up to him. In the same way that he did with Anquan Bolden, in the same way that he did with Torrey Smith for a little bit as well. Like, the way that they are using Amari Cooper makes sense, and it's the complete package, and the Browns want to use the complete package of Amari Cooper. And that has what has continued to be the most impressive thing that has come out of Amari Cooper and has come out of this Browns offense is that Andrew Barry identified it and Kevin Stefanski has unlocked it and has made it work. Again, the 265 yards, the new single game record for the Browns took over for Josh Gordon, did that December 1st of 2013 where he had 261. In four weeks with Joe Flacco, 25 catches, 485 yards, three touchdowns on 41 targets. So we can kind of go down the list if you want to argue somebody else who would be besides Amari Cooper. We'll start with the most recent one. It was a big old hubbub when Odell Beckham Jr. walked into town. Kind of faltered. You know, got injured, didn't really click with Baker Mayfield, didn't really click with how they wanted to operate at that point. Jarvis Landry was awesome at turning around the culture inside of uh, of Berea, uh, of turning that team around. You know, we all remember the hard knock speech. I'm sure a chunk of us have pulled our kids aside and have played it for them. You know, for a, in, in any team that they've coached in that moment, you can maybe throw Josh Gordon in there. But again, the highs of Josh Gordon are probably higher than Amari Cooper. But with Amari Cooper, there are no lows. You don't have to worry about the the off-the-field stuff. You don't have to worry about him half-rear-ending it occasionally. Like, you don't have to worry about that with Amari Cooper. You're going to get everything he's got in the tank in that day, and if he's fighting an injury, he'll fight through that injury. Kevin Johnson was fun, but he kind of was the best of – he was the best of the bunch that was there. He he was the you know the one shining moment. Dwayne Bowe was horrible. I remember there was so much hype when Dwayne Bowe showed up, and then when you actually saw him, and you were just like, oh god, you're here to collect the check. Oh boy, that's not good. Like it had been so ugly for a while that it just continues to hammer home how impressive Amari Cooper was Ben. And so the other side of this, he's 29 years old. So right now is. About the prime. Right about the prime of Amari Cooper. I think I'd sign him to a contract extension. And we know that the Cleveland Browns typically operate where anybody over the age of 30 is immediately cast aside. 
they want to keep everything young. They they don't want to pay for previous success. That's that's how smart organizations operate. We don't want to pay for previous success. We don't want to have to give you the Kobe Bryant, thank you for everything you've done, here's the giant chunk of change contract. We want to pay you for what you can accomplish and what, ha- and what you have accomplished. Well, I said what you can accomplish and what you will accomplish. And so you're kind of you're breaking their over 30 rule when it comes to long-term extensions. Really, nobody on this roster is here long-term. Um, who is Anybody who is here long-term is under the age of 30. Like, Zadarius Smith is over 30, but he's on a one-year deal. So this might be the exception. And the only reason that I say that one is because he clearly has a connection with Deshaun Watson. He's had it the entire season there. He has a, cl- a connection with Joe Flacco. He's had a connection in two completely different offenses. He continues to find ways to work, and they continue to find him the ball. He's been versatile. He is not a one-trick pony. He is not the guy who can only run these six routes, and these are the six routes that he will run and will fall apart from there. The route running will take a while to go. Maybe the top-end speed goes for a little bit, but I think Amari Cooper will be a productive wide receiver in this league because his hands are so good, and the route running is so crisp that he will be somebody that is worth locking up. So I ask you at 216-474-0092, do you sign Amari Cooper to a long-term contract? And and all I'm saying for long-term is three years. Like, this is the NFL. Long-term is three years, four years. Anything past that is like crazy town when it comes to the NFL. I mean, these guys, it, it sadly is the league where nobody has the seriously long career and you don't pick when you're done. The league tells you when you're done. I think I would. I think I would give Amari Cooper the three-year deal. I think I'd give him maybe a fourth-year you know, team option, maybe a joint option between the two. Because he seems to like it here. Kevin Stefanski knows how to use him. Alex Van Pelt knows how to use him. Chad O'Shea has done a really nice job with him as wide receiver coach as well. He seems to mesh with what they want to do. And he seems to do everything. And he seems to be a great teammate on top of it that everybody likes playing with. And an easy guy to get along with. Makes sense to me. I'd put it in front of him. I'd give him that top-end wide receiver contract that you see get handed out every so often because the guy has earned it. He has earned that deal, and he's earned the respect through all of it. Right now, Amari Cooper is making about 20 a year. That would put him about in the top 10, top 15, somewhere in there. I think you could extend that out there, maybe give him 25 a year, and go from there. This team's swimming in cap space. Now, I know the cap sheet looks a little ugly moving forward. They'll be able to roll over the 33 mil. And again, when it comes to the cap, and this is what I'll tell everybody, you can get all the capologists in the world to break this down. It's actually very, very simple. As long as your owner is okay with cutting checks, and by that I mean is okay with, instead of giving you payment in installments, would rather just go, okay, here's 75 to 80% of your salary. Rip, here it is in cash. As long as your owner is comfortable doing that, you can keep this going. Ask the New Orleans Saints. They have years. Their cap gymnastics were the fact that their owner was comfortable with the idea of going, oh, how many million? Okay, here it is. Rip. 
take the check. As long as Jimmy Haslam is comfortable with that idea, the cap is not going to be an issue for Andrew Barry. And it's not going to be an issue for Glenn Cook. And it's not going to be an issue for Catherine Raich. They'll be able to make this work. And they will be able to continue to build more talent in this roster. And so that's why if you're worried about the cap side of things when it comes to the Amari Cooper contract, don't. Until Jimmy Haslam says, I'm done cutting checks. That's the only time you got to be worried. 216-474-0092 at the Sports Feller on Twitter if you so desire. Would you sign Amari Cooper to a long-term contract? Would you keep him in Cleveland at least until the end of his tenure here? Kevin Stefanski coming up next, 1225. Keep it locked in right here. We will have an update on all of the injuries. Corey Bohorquez news, I am sure. We will have an update on Dustin Hopkins as well, probably MJ Emerson. Whoever is there, we will see what's happening because this is the only time Stefanski is going to speak this week until after the Thursday night football game. So make sure you got it locked here on your home of the Browns, 92 the fan. Dan Menegan in for Baskin and Phelps. You know where you're listening. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, so hold on to your seats on this one. Dustin Hopkins is out for this week. He is week to week with the hamstring injury. DTR has a hip injury. He is going to the IR done for the year. He got bent up on a play. So the backup quarterback now out as well. And no real news. They're not sure on Corey Bajorquez. Uh, it's going to be day-to-day on that one. And they'll keep us up to date on there. He was hurt on the kickoff effort according to Kevin Stefanski. Oh, boy. Uh, Riley Patterson down at the stadium kicking today to help get uh, to help get his bearings and all that stuff with the dog pound and everything else that's going on. Oh, boy. Okay. So I am the last person that is going to sit here and get into a kicking argument or a kicking conversation because I look at kickers like used cars. You drive them for a while. They start having hiccups. It becomes too expensive to fix them. You get rid of them. That's how I am about kickers. You use them for a while. They start missing field goals. You cut them and go get a new one. You've seen it all around the league for a long period of time. Unless your name is Justin Tucker. I mean, honestly, how many how many other kickers can you name outside of Justin Tucker and maybe the kicker from the Los Angeles Chargers, Cameron Dicker? And that's only because of his name. So I think this, typically I would be the guy who was out here going like, oh my gosh, it's kicker talk. Who cares? They're kickers. This one's a biggie because Dustin Hopkins has found himself into that conversation. Dustin Hopkins has found his way into this season, into the Justin Tucker conversation, where you pretty much put the ball on the ground. And if it's inside of 50 yards, you feel really good about it. And if it's outside of 50 yards, you feel fine about it. You're you're kind of sitting there looking at the 35-yard line thinking, okay, if we get to the 35, that's fine. That's a 50-yarder. Life is good. 
Dustin Hopkins should be able to bury this one no matter what. I mean, the Browns trusted him so much that in the Bears game, Dustin Hopkins told them which direction he wanted to go in the fourth quarter in the stadium. That Dustin Hopkins felt better kicking into one end zone than the other. Kind of tells you all you need to know about how much trust they had in that guy and how they knew that that ball game was going to be close and how they knew they were going to need to really rely on that leg. This one's a big deal. And the fact that it's so late in the season and the fact that you have a bunch of teams dealing with injuries and you have a bunch of kickers that haven't really been out there a whole bunch and Robbie Gold has decided to retire, so that go- there goes that easy one. Mason Crosby uh, was, I think he was active for one game and then they cut him. So you kind of wonder on that one. And so they bring in Riley Patterson, who wasn't bad for the Lions you know, started missing a couple extra points, and they moved on from him. You know, in the in the same way that you go to the lot, you buy yourself a used car, and the minute that the car starts costing more than a car payment, you move on from it. This one might be big because he was a weapon. The good thing is, is it's week to week, and it's not season ending. It's not IR. It's not any of that stuff. So we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. This Jets defense is really good. Sauce Gardner is a weapon. He's really good back there, and the Jets' front four can get after you. So we'll see what this looks like. And if it's a close game, we'll see if Riley Patterson could do it. Now, like Kevin Savansky said, and we all know it well, kicking in Cleveland Brown Stadium is a little different than kicking in a lot of other places in the week. That wind swirls. That wind goes a whole lot of different directions. So hopefully Dustin Hopkins can help him along the way, and life is good. The other one being DTR's injury, the backup quarterback. Look... They were using him as a more mobile guy. They were using him in situations where they needed a yard. We saw the quick throw to Kareem Hunt for the first down in that game on the fourth down play, where I think every single one of us looked and went, oh, my God, Kevin Stefanski, what are you doing bringing him in? And now you're going to have him throw? What are you? Oh, first down. Okay, great play call. Good job. Good job, Kev. You're the man. Like, (laughs) it was one of those just total mood swings that took place in all of us as we saw it happen. And so now the guess would be P.J. Walker steps into that role. Okay. This team, all year long, has had the mantra of this man, of next man up. Next man up, next man up, next man up. And they've embodied that. Everything you could imagine this season had been next man up. It was, it was why I, I constantly shook my head at everybody trying to come up with nicknames for it. It's like, it's not, it's not a nickname. It's just next man up. It's next man up. Because that's what they've embodied. And so that's what this is going to be. Riley Patterson, next man up. Come on, bud. Time to go kick. You're the next man. We've got faith in you. Your tape looked good. Kevin Stefanski said, though, tape looked good. <laughs> Brought him in for a workout. It looked good. He's the guy. Let's go. Next man up. P.J. Walker, you're the back quarterback. Next man up. Let's go. Whoever they bring in, that's the next man. Corey Bajorquez, hopefully we'll be back again nursing the quad injury. If not, Matt Hawk, next man up. Let's go. Tape look good. It's been the philosophy of this team. It's been the rea- the rallying call of this team. So next man up. What's the injury? Next man up. Next guy will come in. He'll get done what needs to get done. And they're going to need to continue to embody that if they want to make the playoff run. If they want to go further than the regular season and if they want to go further than even the first round of the playoffs, it's going to continue to be next man up. And this is the funny part of this team. I'm in. I bought in. Next man up. Sure, it's worked so far. 
They've altered. They've tinkered. They've moved things around. Next man up. Okay, we can't do this anymore. We got rid of the mobile quarterback stuff. We've, you know, keep some of the RPOs, but we're going to get rid of the quarterback run. We're going to get rid of the options. Great. Next man up. <laughs> like, it just continues to be amazing. And so going into this game, we're missing Dustin Hopkins. We're also missing Nick Chubb. What was the answer? Next man up. Jerome Ford, come on down, bud. It's yours. Kareem Hunt, you haven't been with this team this entire season. Come on in here. We'll get you into shape as we go. Pierre Strong will trade for you from the uh, 49, or from the uh, Patriots practice squad. Come on down. Next man up. Like, they just continue to make this work. Hey, we're moving on from Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's been a great receiver for us for a good period of time. We want to see what the, what's going on with Cedric Tillman because we're probably not going to offer uh, DPJ a long-term contract. Cedric Tillman, next man up. Let's go. It continues to be the philosophy, and I continue to sit back here and do nothing but have to buy into it because it's worked. Because it's worked. How many Brown seasons have we seen where next man up has completely fallen apart and you've gone from a hot start to completely just tanking. How many seasons have we seen where the backup quarterback has come in and the entire team just looks lifeless? How many seasons have we seen where receivers are openly pouting because they're not getting the ball? How many seasons have we seen where it's just been Joe Thomas and a bunch of people that we very rarely have heard of and have not heard from since. Kevin Stefanski has this team completely bought in on next man up. This team is completely bought in on next man up. Jim Schwartz has his defense humming. If one of them go down, guess what? It's next man up. In the same way you saw Sione Takitaki play a middle linebacker because Anthony Walker couldn't be out there. Next man up. The warning signs are there. They've been there all season. This Browns team has been like, huh? Warning signs, my rear end. Forget it. I don't need it. Next man up. We'll make it work. We'll figure it out. And they have. And they have. And so while all of us are probably sitting in our cars or sitting at our desks or sitting at our houses, listening to all this, I can't help but say it. Folks, we got to be like them. Next man up. Because where has it gone wrong this season? The right levers have been pulled in the worst scenarios. When things get tough, the Browns have pulled the right lever. At this point, how can we not trust them? At this point, how can we not look at this and go, yeah, all right, Riley Patterson, next guy, let's go. P.J. Walker, you're the backup quarterback, get ready, because we're going to run those packages still where we get the running quarterback and play 11-on-11 football. Matt Hawk, maybe not hit 60, 70 yarders, but boy, if you could give us a 60-yard, 50-yard punt every so often, you're a good man, and we'd very much appreciate it. Our defense could step in and take care of the rest of it. It's all you can do. And if this team's bought in, then how can we not as well? And that's just my thought. Hey, it stinks. Hey, I'd love to have Dustin Hopkins out there. Wouldn't all of us? You feel safer. You feel better. This is not reality. Next man up. Get down to the stadium, Riley. Get from about 50 yards. Go find yourself the Phil Dawson flag. We're pulling for you, kid. It's all we can do. Dan Manigan in for basket. It helps 92 through the fan. Browns quarterback Mike Tomzak joins us next. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.